Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Freedom Tribe podcast. We have the pleasure of hosting Rohan and Ari from Orange Trail um, uh, Agency. Uh, it's a you know up-and-coming agency, pretty big, and we're here to hear more about their story, how they got started in our series about agencies. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode because it's full of gems. All right, uh, Rohan, uh, would you like to go to, to, to take the lead? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, before we go, uh, get into the details about the agency, We'd like to know a little bit more about you guys and how you got started. Yeah, cheers, Hassan, and uh, excited to be on this podcast. Thanks for having us. Uh, so my name is Rohan Khan. I grew up in Ireland, and my background in the marketing industry is close to six years now. I started in 2017 whilst I was completing my master's in psychology, and I realized that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So midway through my master's thesis, okay, I, I had this epiphany, like, okay, I need to figure out something else. So I went into YouTube, typed in how to make money online. The first video I watched was a scam. I was like, okay, it's a great start. Second video turned out to be, you know, the dropshipping e-commerce model, and it made a lot of sense. So from there, I just, you know, got some part-time jobs, invested my capital, and uh, you know, got some dropshipping uh, momentum, uh, failed on a few stores, eventually one took off until finally I had, you know, qu quite a successful e-com brand. Um, now, fast forward, you know, maybe a few years later, I exited a brand, sold it to a VC in uh, Vancouver. And then from there, obviously, you know, I didn't know what to do. I had this bunch of money, a lot of time and yeah, just nothing else to do. So we figured out there might be a time to make an agency and yeah. That's, you know, five, six years later, now we're in this strategic position with an agency, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Orange Trail. Yeah, so for mine, sorry, it's, it's kind of similar to Rohan in a way, but uh, slightly different roads. So pretty much I was living in Berlin uh, like five, six years ago. I was having a time in my life, very fun, but I was very broke. I was like, damn, I got to make some money. Uh, so I started just, you know, Googling, seeing what is possible. Uh, I started, uh, you know, befriending people that actually... We're already running like agency model of this business. Um, you know, they have their own agencies. I started learning from them and pretty much I started my own paid ads agency. Uh, so mainly Facebook, but then some other channels as well. Uh, you know, scaled that, grew that, you know, relatively well. I worked with some seven and eight figure brands. Uh, and then, yeah, eventually I decided that with, uh, you know, with Orange Trail, what we have with Rohan, is uh, much more scalable. So now uh, pretty much all of my focus is on Orange Trail. That's good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. So like, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna talk a little bit about like what I did. I kind of used to have uh, the, the need to have partners with me and start businesses. But when I started this agency about five or six years ago, I decided to go alone, you know? So how do you guys kind of manage uh, the management, like how is it, you know, uh, spread out? What, what, what does Rohan do? What does Ari do exactly? How do you split the, you know, responsibilities between you two? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, yeah, let me just give my view on Rohan, sure. Can you give yours? Um, so in the beginning, we didn't really have too much of a split. We kind of were just both doing uh, what, what just made sense to do in the moment. Um, I think as time progressed, you know, you know, we naturally found what each of us was a bit better at. So I would say we're both good at sales, but for example, I would say I'm uh, better at hiring. So when we need to hire, I generally take the lead on that. Uh, Rohan is better in some certain other elements, such as, you know, high, uh, high level biz development stuff, such as partnering with, uh, you know, you know, high level, um, you know, other agencies or uh, other entities. 
Um, so yeah, it's kind of naturally happening where we, we're slightly splitting up, but also a lot of us are still, most both of us are still doing like sales and this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think Ari kind of summed it up pretty well. Um, Ari also has a great background in sales because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were doing door-to-door -door sales as well. Um, or you were selling uh, like something. Ticket selling. Yeah. Ticket selling. Tell us about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so definitely if you want to improve your sales skills, one of the best things to do is you go, I, what I did was I went to this one Greek island, Zakynthos, um, you know, a bunch of tourists from all over Europe go over there every summer. Uh, there's a bunch of, you know, events and parties and I was selling tickets for this one event there. So pretty much I had to approach people, you know, nonstop, uh, get rejected, left, right and center. Uh, and then beginning, I was very bad at it. Within a few weeks, I was pretty much like the top seller. Um, it's one of the, the best things you can do to improve your sales skills in terms of uh, learning how to hook people, how to you know build value, how to close people, all that kind of stuff. So that was a very good experience for uh, for learning sales skills for sure. Yeah, and uh, similarly, I actually also had a sales background, Hassan. So um, after I completed my master, like I said, I did start my dropshipping, but it wasn't instant boom. You know, I wasn't seeing like six figure months instantly. It was it was a gradual progression over a year. And obviously I needed cash flow. And I had at that time three part-time jobs, which was like little tiny hourly jobs. Um, and then after that, what we did was um well, I started to apply to like you know corporate jobs because I realized okay, I need more money. So I applied for this uh, sales role in the center of Amsterdam in Kaiserkrach. It's hey uh, Alex. Um, and you know, that, that was like a beautiful canal bank office and it was proper Wolf of Wall Street environment. We were wearing three piece suits to work, you know, and it was just like hardcore sales and the sales was a recruitment consultancy. Okay. And it was quite high level. I was in the, the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and I'm just talking to the CEOs, directors in my head, I'm thinking like, wow, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just freshly graduated. I'm talking to these big dogs. So that really helped amplify my sales skills um, because, you know, you, you get accustomed to rejection and the more you get accustomed to it, the more you start to learn. Okay. So it's like, okay, what did I do wrong there? How can I improve? And I, I truly believe there's four core pillars of entrepreneurship, which is if you can mark, uh, if you can master all four of these, which is uh, sales, marketing, legal, and finance, if you can master, or even just have them at a basic level, you're a well-rounded entrepreneur. Often, most people don't have all of them. I personally, I'll put my hand up and say, I don't have finances. I hate numbers, but I hire the right person to do it. You know, So um, yeah, the core strengths, I guess, would be Aries, very good at the operational stuff, you know, strategy, you know, hiring. Um, I would say I'm at the high level, it's just because of my open personality and you know, my networking skills, I'll probably be better uh, on the networking and sales side. But collectively, we do complement each other quite well in the agency, I have to say. Yeah, that's that's actually very important. Um, you know, like to have some like responsibilities be clear. Like, I'm good at sales. I'm gonna take care of sales. I'm not. I'm not good at operations, and I'm gonna do. Because I think there is another part of it. Like when I say operations, I kind of always mix in you know hiring and personnel and team management um, with the actual like, handling the the you know the clients, which is which is kind of like kind of tricky. Um, so like my question would be going to like the very beginning. So how old is the agency and like how long ago have you been like, you know, operating it? Yeah, the, the agency actually is not that long. Um, it's not that old rather. It's, um, I think it's around eight months now, right? Yeah, around there. Yeah, okay. and within the last eight months, we've managed to secure like insane high level partnerships with, you know, some people like uh, AdLeaks, uh, Georgia's, we're working on a few like Triple Well as well now. So we've got these huge partnerships, hundreds of clients in a very short space of time. And keep in mind, this is my first time having an agency as well. But 
you know, initially I told Larry, I said, listen, the core thing is that we need to have the best service in the industry. And that way, obviously, retention will be high and obviously, we'll, you know, um, we put our name out there. So with that in mind, we now have the fastest turnaround times in the industry. We don't have a single complaint from hundreds of clients, which is amazing. Um, and I have to, you know, credit is due to our entire team. You know, we have a worldwide team based in multiple time zones. We offer 24-hour coverage. And I think it's due to that, that, uh, yeah, we, we position ourselves incredibly well in the market right now. Okay, so I'm gonna go like I'll, I'll settle. I'll settle just one thing. So you guys have been around for about eight months. So you're. Do you think you're still in the startup mode, where you're just like still figuring out like uh, the sales part and try to improve that and kind of like just to have as many leads coming in as possible, or like what like what phase are you are you gonna be in? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. I would say we definitely still are in the startup mode. Uh, in essence, we have, you know, um, we have a good operations team right now. We have certain processes in place, but um, we are working on making them, you know, much more solid. Um, so, for example, right, even right now, we are switching uh, CRM and project management software, kind of um, systematizing everything, SOPs, everything. So we do have those, but they need to be much more solid. So we are doing that to make it much, much more scalable okay. on the sales side of things. So. We, we have a good offer in the market uh, and we have very good uh, sales skills between myself and Rohan. Uh, but one thing that uh, we are tackling right now is a more scalable you know, sales team or sales solution. You know? So we did try to hire a, a salesperson slash biz dev person, but unfortunately he did not work out. So we had to let him go. Um, so obviously now we're going to try again, but you know, a different way. Um, so yeah, we are in the process of, you know, we have a validated offer in the market. We have a proven concept. We have, we're hitting some, you know, decent numbers and we're scaling. Uh, but yeah, we need to make it more solid operationally in terms of the sales side and on the operation side, which is, you know, our next uh, big focus. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the next question. And if, if the listeners of the podcast haven't heard from me so far, it's because I showed up late to this meeting. So I'm sorry about that. I don't usually show up late, but um cool so very curious how did you guys get hundreds of clients in eight months what's your offer and what's your acquisition channel yeah uh, i'll take that one so um we, what we offer uh, you know our core offer is that we provide whitelisted uh, high level agency ad accounts for all the platforms so we we have direct contracts with asps from facebook google tiktok snapchat twitter um we have a direct contract with you know twitter um tiktok in europe so like we have these high level partnerships in place and it allows us to provide these accounts to selected advertisers. Now, as Ari mentioned, the offer sells itself, right? We don't actually have to hard sell. When a client comes to us, we know very well why they're here. They are having issues with their advertising. They've gotten bans, they've got restrictions and they can't have any traffic. Without traffic, you don't have visitors, you don't have business, especially in the modern day and age when a lot of these advertisers rely on one traffic source and when that crashes and burns, your whole business is basically down. So, you know, obviously one of the key pieces of advice I will give to you know listeners out there that do have an online business, diversify your traffic sources. This is incredibly important. And if you're not doing it, you're a lazy marketer. But if you are doing it, come to us. We'll help you out with the bands. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. And um, so you do Facebook. Can you talk a little bit about your how you charge is that something you can mention or reference in the podcast your fees oh of course yeah absolutely um so um it does depend from platform to platform but um, generally we do have the lowest rates in the industry so um for facebook it would be 
we don't normally work with clients that are spending under 15K per month. That's kind of like our baseline minimum. Um, however, if someone you know is spending under and they're just very adamant on using our accounts, what we normally charge is just a $500 per month fee. That's, you know, and includes unlimited ad accounts and 24 hour support. However, if you go above 15K, we don't charge a monthly fee. We just charge 3.5% of your ad spend. And we like to reward, you know, advertisers to spend more. So of course, you, if you hit, you know, multiple six figures or whatever, we can lower that percentage even further. With TikTok, um, it's slightly different. So it would be $500 per month that's recurring and 2.5% of ad spend. So it's lower. Uh, and the 2.5%, we also, you know, give advertisers the cushion of doing it post 30. So at the end of every month, we'll just, you know, do your calculations, how much you spent and just send you an invoice. Uh, you know, ideally you pay, if you don't, we'll just pull the account back, you know, but uh, we haven't had that issue so far. You know, we have solid agreements with everyone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite similar for the other platforms as well. The only difference would be Google. Google is a special one because we have a deal with Google uh, South America and Argentina, and we actually give cash back to advertisers. Now you might think, how does that work? Um, well, essentially we also get cash back and then we just split some of that with the advertiser the price for a Google account would be just a one-time setup fee of 2K. And then after that, they would get 2% uh, all the way up to 5% cash back on their ad spend. Um, but however, the Google is not for beginners. We do have a minimum uh, top up of 10K for that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a bit of an overview about the pricing. It's very interesting. I'm using a service similar to yours. Um, um, I don't know why I haven't heard of you guys yet, uh, but um very cool. Pricing makes sense. You know, it's actually less than what I'm paying right now. Uh, I met somebody in, in the conference in Affiliate World Dubai, and they're like, we charge 10%. I'm like, why? <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to tell you why. We have some people that are white labeling our service. So they we would offer them accounts and then they would, you know, resell it for a higher margin. And look, you know, it's 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 as old as, you know, age. Like this is how commerce works. But yeah, we're not surprised. We've seen some crazy numbers. <laughs> Wow, crazy! Yeah, and how does your how does it work technically? Do you use like ads power, multi login? Just curious. No, no. So these are not um, farmed accounts by any way. These are not shady or fished accounts. No, we, we don't do that. We what we have is direct contracts for authorized sales partner accounts. Now these are the highest level ad accounts possible. So anyone can log into a profile, uh, you know, on Facebook or whatever, and you can go to your ad settings. You have an ad account, right? It's a personal profile. It's a standard profile. These are a higher level agency. They're kind of pre-vetted uh, ad accounts directly from Meta or TikTok. And what we do is we just tie that ad account to your business manager. So you just share your BM ID or multiple if you have media buyers. And then we just share that to the, um, the BMs. Um, actually, Ari, do you want to explain how also the diversifying of your risk uh, helps? Because that's another reason why sure. we did this. Sure, guys. So yeah, so one very important thing, and this is you know, relevant for anyone in the you know who's running ads in the advertising space, is you need to diversify your risk and your setup. So many people they do the mistake of you know they have a business manager and they have their ad account in there, the page in there, and they run everything from one VM. Uh, and we would not recommend that because if the ad account gets restricted, if the BM gets restricted, that puts their whole business at risk. What we recommend is having minimum two or at least you know even three BMs. <laughs> And then uh, the BM that you're using to run the ads, that should never be the BM, the business manager that owns the assets. So you, you use one business manager only to create the pages, only to create the ad accounts. And then you share those assets into a, a separate business manager that is only used to run the ads, but it doesn't own any of the assets. 
because then if anything happens and the business manager gets restricted, what usually gets restricted, um, you know, first or most is the business manager that uh, actually runs the ads. So if that happens, you just unlink the business managers uh, and then, you know, you get rid of the, the business managers restricted, you get a new business manager, and then you link the ad accounts back into the new business manager. So that's what we recommend really diversify your risk, you know, all the top companies that are like spending, you know, tens of millions of dollars per, per month, they have this very insane setup of even like much more than three VMs, many, many VMs, many different admins. And it's like kind of like this cobweb of, of VMs. That way, no one single point of failure can really affect your business. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And my current provider is using something like that. I'm curious, are you, um, do you do top-ups or do I just pay directly with my credit card, Facebook? Yeah, so that depends on the platform. So for Facebook and for Google, we need to top up to the platforms via bank transfer. So our clients top up to us either via bank transfer or they just link their uh, card to our Stripe account. So that can also work. However, with our TikTok agency accounts, we have a TikTok uh, agency business center, TikTok agency accounts. The clients can link directly their card to the actual TikTok account. Okay. So the platform. So with Facebook, they can link their card to your Stripe. How does that, how does that work? Never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, so let's say they want to put, uh, you know, they want to get those MX points instead of doing bank transfers. They say they just link their, their card to our Stripe. Uh, they, you know, we charge them, let's say 10K, 15K, whatever. We charge them and then we top up the amount, you know, minus the Stripe fees and our service fee pretty much. Oh, gotcha. So instead of paying with wire transfer, they're just paying you through a card. Makes sense. Exactly. So then they benefit from, I guess, just collecting the points under Amex, for example. We generally don't recommend cards. The reason being is obviously you have the Stripe fees as well um, as part of that. Wire is the fastest, it's the cheapest. That's what we recommend. But some clients are just adamant on, you know, they insist. So of course we try to accommodate them. Yeah. Also some clients, they just want to work on, uh, you know, they're very cash flow, um, you know, scarce and they, they work on credit. So they just want to get charged now, pay that off, pay the Amex off in, in 60 days after the money is already generated from the ads. So it just really depends on client by client basis, but most clients are in a, on a bank transfer uh, top-ups. Gotcha. Okay. This is, this is pretty good. It's pretty interesting. So how much do you guys think the percentage of, uh, you know, the, the service that you guys do, which is, you know, like the uh, ad accounts and all that, how much of it do you, do you make? Uh, compared to like the service, if you, you know, like the, the management of the ads and all that stuff, like compared to in terms of revenue. You mean, um, you mean you're, you're comparing how much we make on the, providing like this infrastructure, like providing the ad accounts versus how much we would make just off managing the ads? No, no, I'm saying like, so you have this service, right? But you do management, like uh, you, you, you basically just work on their ads, right? Like to improve their sales and all that stuff, right? Uh, okay, so that's a good question. So actually, just to be very clear, as part of Orange Trail, we actually don't manage ads for clients. We only provide the infrastructure. We provide the agency ad accounts. Uh, the only clients where we do actually manage the ads is we take on some NFT clients. So we actually have sold out multiple NFT projects now. Um, so for NFTs, yes, uh, we can also manage the ads. But for, for example, e-commerce affiliates, we only provide the ad accounts. We don't actually manage the ads. We do have a partner agency that manages ads uh, through who we, uh, we refer clients that want also management of the ads. 
Okay, I I I was under the impression that you guys did management like manage the ads for some. Yeah, some actually, uh, Hassan. So we have two like two parts of our. Uh, so Orange Trail has you know our core focus is the agency ad accounts, but then we also have the Web three marketing. As Ari mentioned, we've sold out multiple NFT projects, including our own. We launched our own one just as you know to have as a case study, obviously, and it was quite a valuable one. We sold it out. Um, so yeah, that's the two like the umbrellas under Orange Trail right now. However, what we're now thinking is moving forward, like we have all these clients, you know, they're also spending quite a lot. What would make more sense to offer them a legit, you know, high, um, like an upsell based on what they need? Of course. So what we're now thinking is creative this package. Uh, we can also, you know, upsell emails and media buying as well. Um, we're just building out the team for that. So we do have some senior media buyers, you know, from, from our network. Um, like it just, it's a natural progression that, okay, of course they're using the advertising infrastructure and we're happy to support them. But if we see it, okay, you know, are you struggling? Do you need any help? Then naturally we have that chat with them as well, where we can offer them our, you know, our additional services. Uh, currently though, our core two main focuses is the agency accounts and the web three marketing. Yeah. That's why I was asking, because again, that's like the perfect kind of segue to like, oh, this is very easy because you already know <laughs> how much they're spending on this and that. It was very easy. Like it would be a very easy upsell um, because again, you're already there. You're already in the trenches. You kind of know how much they're spending, how much like if they're doing well or not, whatever. I just have an idea. So it's kind of easy, and you, you already have contact with them directly. So it would kind of be like, I mean, yeah, leaving money on the table. You're if right. You don't sell them. Yeah, if you don't sell, or at least just <laughs> there's not a lot of trust things. already. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've, they've already said yes exactly. to one thing. So you're absolutely right. There's a lot of trust. It's just we, we wanted to focus on one thing first to get that, you know, as optimized as possible. And now, like we are, you know, we're, we're the fastest in the industry for turnaround times, best service. And now it's like, okay, slowly add layer by layer of additional services. But if we were to yeah. do all of that at once, it would just be, you know, biting off more than we can chew. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to add on to that as well, it's just um, so that is definitely on the docket, and we are doing it. You know, starting to now for some clients. Um, just operationally, it's uh, harder to scale media buying services compared to the agency ad account services. So that's why we just need to making sure everything is on, everything is proper, everything is set up uh, in terms of um, our team, our way of hiring, and yeah, like I said, I do have experience in the paid media agency space. From before so definitely that experience comes in handy now for when we're uh growing our team of media buyers and um and this kind of you know uh, people very cool very cool i see the logo crypto.com on your website are you partners with them as well or is it the nft stuff? so yeah we, we featured um our nft project featured on crypto.com so obviously that's a you know very cool direct relationship so that was pretty cool um but right now actually our website is undergoing some changes where uh we have the developer he's adding some more stuff on there um but yeah over the next few days we're gonna add like all the other things that we just mentioned the services but yeah so about the nft project um you guys know the board apes right mm -hmm. Yeah, a bunch of monkeys, 10,000. All right, so what we did was we made the board human, which was me sitting in a studio taking a 1,000 photos with the board ape accessories, real photographs. <laughs> so that is what our NFT project was. And uh, it wasn't just pictures. We had a solid, solid utility, which was we developed a dashboard on our website, which, which would show, it's like an NFT alpha dashboard, which shows all the top upcoming NFT projects, you know, how much the mint will be, what dates, you know, the links to their socials, all centralized in one place. Um, and you could only authenticate and view that dashboard by holding the board human NFT. So um, that was, you know, already developed and it's like, it's live. 
Uh, and then the second uh, utility is going to be a sniping bot. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but when you're on a marketplace uh, on like OpenSea, you've probably heard some NFTs that are usually worth like a million or like half a million. They get sold for like $10. You're like, how did that happen? How is that possible? How do you fuck that up? Excuse my language. But in this case, it was like, wow, you know, some NFTs sold for like a thousand of their, you know, value. Um, and um, we're developing that sniping bot. So like you can put in your target parameters for whatever price you want. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm, I'm on your website, theboardhuman.io. And you guys, Rohan, a.k.a. Mr. Board Human, and Irie, a.k.a. Mr. Buzzkill. That's hilarious. Exactly. We have to choose boring nicknames. (laughs) Hilarious. Okay, let me me ask you a a direct question. Um, Where do you think is the biggest opportunity for you guys to make the most money? The NFT space or the marketing space or both? How do you think about that? Harry, I think we know. That's actually a really good question. Uh, and that's actually a discussion, you know, we're having with Rohan all the time. So the thing about the NFT space is we made some uh, some good money so far in it. Um, and definitely you can get some good one-off payoffs. However, with the agency accounts right now, literally like they're just really popping off. We're, you know, we're closing many new clients, you know, every week. Uh, especially now we have this, you know, new partnership with TikTok in Europe as well. Um, and in terms of, uh, just sheer uh, scale, growth, uh, sustainability, and then also uh, multiplier when we choose to sell the agency. Uh, we think the agency ad accounts right now is the way forward for us. So we're going to put more focus towards that. You know, if there are some interesting NFT projects coming up, uh, you know, we'd be more than uh, willing to to kind of just see if it will make sense for us. But our main focus will be in the agency ad accounts. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. You scratched that itch for me. I'm like, should I launch an NFT project? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. We're in a bear market and we're not getting out of it anytime soon, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, buckle it's, down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always a conversation between marketers. It's like, okay, well, we have this thing, this Facebook ads and marketing, making a lot of money there, drop shipping, whatever you're doing. But then you have this crypto thing and everybody's like, oh, I'm making $10,000 a day on crypto. And they never tell you when they lose 50K in a day. Um, they're like, okay, shiny objects, but, uh, I think I've been personally pretty good at keeping focus on my, my own business, but I always had the question of like, what if, um, yeah. very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. You didn't have to share, but th- yeah, appreciate that. Um, cu- curious, since you guys manage multiple channels, Google, Facebook, TikTok, where do you see the m- most ad spent? What channel do people spend the most on? Uh, I mean, that's a question. Uh, so right now it's Facebook, but the future belongs to TikTok. This is how we view it. So, um, so we're going to be focusing more and more on TikTok. Okay, wow. But why do you think the future is TikTok? Just because it's massively growing. Um, yeah, it's, it's massively growing. It's, it's growing so much faster than any other platform. And we think that within the next you know, few years, if not already within the next two years, definitely gonna overtake Instagram and Facebook. Um, and there's just a massive blue ocean you know, for, um, for business, for whatever you, you're gonna do. It's a massive blue ocean and so many opportunities are going to open up and keep opening up on TikTok. Got it. Got it. And do you guys personally use TikTok? Do you have TikTok accounts? You log in there? Uh, I have it, but I don't use it because it's massively addicting. And uh, for me, social media is great when you use it to consume and to make money. But when you use it as a consumer, 
uh, I mean, to produce and make money. But when you use it as a consumer, yeah. it's 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 away at your life force. So, uh, so the key, uh, the goal is produce more than you consume. That's the way it should be, and that's why we have a rule uh, a rule internally where we set the limiting hours. You know, before six o'clock we don't do it, and even after six we don't even feel like doing it anymore. It's like you're not on the app all day. You're not getting that instant gratification, and then it's after kind of get become desensitized and you're like all right this is shit anyway so and one more uh pro tip you can actually make your phone grayscale and it's black and white and then you don't even want it anymore because as you guys probably know these platforms and these you know huge companies are investing millions in just how to you know uh <laughs> increase the dopamine uh release from from just colors and you know like a notification we associate with red it's a red little you know so um if you make a grayscale you don't even want to use it anymore yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so yeah, I, just I, like you go ahead. Sorry, there's a there's a like yeah. Just one final thing is I just always like to say like social media is like a double edged sword, and then depending on how you use it, you can either you know stab yourself or like you know stab at the world. You know, so like so I think yeah, just pri- prioritize producing whether it's for business or whatever, minimize consuming, and that's um, that's the best way to use social media. Yeah, I t- totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I, I personally use TikTok. I mean, before I go to sleep, not before I go to sleep, but around that time. And what I've noticed is if I'm scrolling on Instagram and then I waste like half an hour there or 15 minutes, I feel guilty. If I do the same thing on Facebook, pretty much the same thing on TikTok. I don't have that feeling of guilt. I don't know why, but I feel like I've learned something through the TikToks. Maybe it's just my feed. It's, it's a full of like, interesting tips about different things in life maybe it's business or personal whatever um but i think that's i don't know if i'm the only person in the world who feels this way but if more people feel this way about tiktok i think that's one of their kind of secret successes they're showing you what you're looking for better than any other platform better than youtube better than facebook better than instagram that's just kind of mm-hmm. how i feel about it uh, actually i'm yeah. very good um sorry um, i have a very uh, good experience uh, based on what you just said so how I when I started my entrepreneurial journey, you know, you know what I did? I actually completely deactivated my personal profile with all my high school friends, my hometown people, everyone, and I made a brand new profile with a brand new number and email that I couldn't have been traced. Okay, and the only thing I did was I followed business pages, I connected, you know, in all the groups, e-commerce, digital marketing, blah blah, and it was just like my focus and like you know what you see was just positive it was valuable so i do agree to a certain extent if you learn something but i guarantee alex also you know whilst you were learning stuff there was probably a few Nicki minaj twerk videos in the middle and that's not really valuable either so ever since like, like tiktok started like i was kind of hesitating to be on it until i think about six months ago one time i think last sometime last year i opened it and i was there for like 52 minutes I was like, damn. And it was like one of the first like times I use it. So it wasn't really that personalized. Mm-hmm. So I went in and ended up being there for and I deleted it right away. I was like, whoa, that's that's way too much time to, to. so then gradually I kind of downloaded it again, created another account. And I because some people told me you just have to give it some time for the for the feed to be personalized. And it's technically almost like my YouTube feed. It's just the highlights of those good parts of YouTube. So that's basically it. So there's a lot of music recommendations, a lot of comedy channels, a few business right. tips here and there. So, and it was like, I think the algorithm is so much better than, you know, like for Instagram, I look at one girl's 
one girl's post once and <laughs> you get all the butts in the world in your face. It's never just one, Hassan. It's never just one. Come on. <laughs> but then for these guys, for these guys, it's like the best parts of YouTube videos and like, like these interesting people in there and that's it. But like what I do is just like 15 minutes, like a day tops and that's it and i just like get bored of it but yeah what you, what, i mean what you guys um what you might uh, guys might have noticed now is that youtube reels is kind of following suit in in what tiktok is doing as yeah. well and actually at the last mastermind we were at uh geek out in barcelona shout out to nick shackleford uh he actually mentioned or someone on the, the speakers uh, mentioned that reels was very low cpms right now so if anyone's you know youtube advertising right now get on that but the point I want to make is, have you noticed the design, Hassan, of TikTok? Have you noticed there's no white space in between the next post? It just flows right into it. That's why I really, probably why you spent 50 minutes without even realizing it was in 50 minutes, right? And the worrying thing is Instagram is now updating to that and probably all the other channels will too. So it's so easy to just scroll and not realize how much time has gone by. Um, you know, and you know, these platforms are designed for consumption. So natural exactly have to be aware of exactly. that yeah so i mean this takes me back to like i'm gonna go to, to talk a little bit about the, the agency so you guys did mention that most of your business comes from the agency ad accounts which is good but then you have like this amazing opportunity to kind of like well i wouldn't really say upsell you know but i would say that you basically have these ready leads to sell to so you could basically for you the opportunity and this is like for somebody who is way too much into business development and just making more money is kind of like morphing or creating a completely different you know body which is a different agency that just focuses on those people um if you have hundreds of clients and you know or you said there's already did that trust have you ever guys thought of thought of it that way i mean you did you did say you just want to focus on the agency account but then i was talking about in, ter in terms of Having a completely different body, which is like a completely different agency that would just be fed straight from, you know, Orange Trail. Like, yeah. would that ever, did that ever come across your mind? Yeah, for sure. So just to jump in there, uh, that is, you know, very correct what you're saying. We have all these, you know, warm leads that trust us. We can, you know, upsell them more stuff. And we are, in essence, setting that up right now. Uh, it's actually not another entity. It's just another you know, another part of our business, you know, another wing of our business, let's say. So we are going to be focusing on creatives. So uh, shooting UGC, but also uh, editing and the whole, the whole create the strategic thinking, the creative strategist part of the creatives. That's something we think is massively uh, lacking in the market. Um, it's something that's very valuable uh, and something that every brand, every advertiser, every agency needs, like that creative thinking part of of the equation of creating good ads. You know, it's not just about editing. You can go on Fiverr, pay someone like $15 to edit together an ad, but that creative thinking behind like what makes the ad tick, uh, which elements should be in there, kind of storyboarding the ad, that is something that's very highly valuable. And that's something that we are essentially setting that up as a service through which we're going to be ups upselling our clients, you know, because the algorithm for Facebook uh, ads, uh, the ad manager uh, on Facebook, TikTok and whatsoever is getting smarter and smarter. Uh, and it's getting less and less important about, you know, oh, let me do like lookalike 1%, 2%, 3%, exclude this, exclude. Is that that like little technical stuff of media buying is getting less important. Uh, where the value is now, where the skill is now is in the creative aspect, the creative thinking and creative aspect. So that's what we're going to be offering to the market. Not as another agency uh, for now, but just as another kind of wing of our business. 
Yeah, you said something that I fully agree with, which is the separating the the ad sets, retargeting last seven days, last thirty days. You know, top one percent, top three percent is not as important as creative. Why do you think that creative is more important than than those? You know, the, the nitty gritty uh, nerd optimization. Why do you believe that creative is more important than that? I mean, just the main reason is that the algorithm is getting smarter and smarter. Even with the iOS changes of last year, the algorithm is getting smarter and smarter. Um, you know, and if you have a good offer and a good creative, that's literally 80 to 90% of the work right there. You know, uh, if you have a good creative and good offer, you know, in many cases, we just would target broad with some clients and it would just crush it. You know, the algorithm would find the right people, you know, whereas if you have a, you know, crappy creative um, and you do all these little micro optimizations of the targeting and stuff, you're still going to get crappy results, you know, so it's good creative, good offer. That's most of the, the work there. I would just add to that, um, Alex, uh, you know, we, we live in an attention society, like attention is the currency. So obviously the ones that capture it the most and hold it for longest will win, you know? Um, so that's why I think you could probably have great creative, but like a terrible landing page, terrible upsell, everything offer, just zero optimization CRO on the website, but your creative is just so killer that you just, you know, you'll still make a lot of money. Um, but equally, you might have everything else optimized, but the creative is just so bad that you're not capturing enough attention, holding it, and also, you know, getting conversions that you might be break even. So, you know, that's why creative is super, super important. And also what we realize is that because of our industry background and six years, you know, deep in, in, in marketing, um, we know what works. We know what sells. We also have our own brands that we, you know, obviously had to scale up. So we are positioned, you know, very well in the market now where we can identify those core principles where you can, you know, incorporate them into, you know, a creative agency and offering these packs to, to advertisers. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a natural progression. I, I don't even want to call it an upsell anymore because it's just adding value. You know, that one package could literally make someone a million, you know, so like why wouldn't you pay even just two or three K for that? You know what I mean? <clears throat> oh yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I've had clients that, you know, that have built multi-million dollar businesses off of one ad. Like they had, they had like a hundred different ads, but one spent the most amount of money and worked the best and everything else sucked. But that one made them millions, millions in a very short amount of time. So I fully agree. Creative is the most powerful thing. I'm curious, how many people are working for you guys and what are your support hours? Like if I were to become a client of yours, like do you work Eastern time or China time since you're distributed? Yeah. Um, so good question. Um, we have uh, three full-time operations in Colombia, uh, one in Europe and one in the Philippines. So they're the operations team that would handle just 24-hour support. Um, but just, you know, bear in mind that even though we offer 24-hour support in each of the time zones, um, the reps are still in the 9 to 5 mentality. So they would leave office by you know, 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Uh, CET, Central Europe time. Generally, our requests are done same day or next day. It just depends on when it comes in. Um, regarding the entire team, so obviously with Orange Trail, we have, uh, you know, finance is a huge part of this because all the daily calculations and everything and we're actually just about to hire a third finance person so we have three full-time finance people um we had a few on the operations uh we had a sales guy but as i mentioned we had to let him go we gave him three months which is in my opinion that's too long you know um but we we just we were too nice we we're also friendly with him and we just felt bad but you know it's necessary it's his business so um and then aside from the, the agency accounts we have on the, the Web3 marketing, we have senior media buyers, we have, you know, creative videographer, like we have a lot of people, probably around 15, I think, uh, all in all. 
Um, but yeah, it's just split between the different areas. <clears throat> gotcha. Are, are they full-time contract or are they like part-time contractors? Um, I would say 70% of them full-time. And then the others, like the video editor, uh, videographer, obviously when they're called upon. Um, yeah. Gotcha. And you said that's nine to six central Europe time. What if I'm in, look, do you have people working in other time zones? Yeah, absolutely. So we have 24 hour coverage in terms of chat and support and, you know, even calls, uh, you know, we invite everyone to Slack, but in terms of requests. So obviously if someone wants to open a, a new Facebook account, um, you know, we would have to first approve it with our reps. Um, you know, they would have to approve because we don't accept every single person. There's an approval process. And the reason for that is that we did have some, you know, bad actors that were running direct fraud and scams and they jeopardize their entire you know, operation. So, you know, with that in mind, now we have checks in place. Wow. Wow. Do you, do you allow kind of like gray hat advertising? Not that I do any of it, but a lot of people who are interested in these kind of services, they're like, well, I have some before and afters. I sell skincare. Do you do that? Um, before and after is okay, but, you know, you have to realize that you can't put like a 20-year-old girl and a 50-year-old woman. Like, that's just, come on, guys. You know? <laughs> it's not realistic. <laughs> There's a boundary, don't cross it. Um, generally, we stay white. You know, we just, also from our morals and ethics, you know, Ari and I, we made a conscious agreement like, listen, if you want to make a lot of money, of course, it's very easy to do it, doing black and shady shit. Like, everyone, anyone could do it, but no one would feel good about it, or, you know, at least we wouldn't. So, of course, we just said, we're not going to facilitate any black hat. Um, sometimes in the gray is like, maybe it's just the vertical. Like, for example, we have CBD clients, we have, certain clients that are you know advertising but they're just getting creative with their you know their marketing and that's okay because we know at the end of the day they're still sending out a high quality product um so yeah like mainly white sometimes in the gray but we don't we don't really push it any further can you talk more about the cbd type of stuff do they advertise on facebook uh Ari, you want to give a round about this <laughs> yeah sure sure so it's actually a pretty uh, interesting topic uh and it's something that's that's huge right now because a lot of client, a lot of you know companies are getting blocked, you know, and CBD is growing as a market, and a lot of companies are getting blocked from advertising. Uh, pretty much with our agency accounts, uh, both because we have the agency accounts and because we have this very personalized support from the reps, uh, we are able to get uh, CBD offers and even certain THC offers approved. Um, you know, there's a certain way you have to do it. There's certain things you got to do. Uh, so one example is, you know, instead of straight up just going for the hard sell, getting to your product page, you go the educational route, you know, saying, you know, some sort of, you know, ad saying, cool, what are the, what are the, the benefits of, what are the top five benefits of CBD, for example, uh, leading into some sort of educational page and so forth. So that's just one example, but there's, there's a, there's a lot of different intricacies, but pretty much with our agency accounts and with our, you know, guidance and kind of knowledge of, of the space and our reps, uh, we're able to get uh, CBD offers, THC offers approved with some creativity. It's very cool. It's very cool. It's a big problem you guys are solving. Um, That's pretty yeah. cool. I have I have a question. I want to go back to because I'm looking into you know like doing a hiring salesperson. I'm really I'm the only like sales guy in in the, in the company out of like 30 people that we have. One thing I want to ask you like you guys did hire a sales guy, a business development person, and uh, how did that work out? I know it didn't work out like eventually, but like how did that work out in terms of like payment? Was it like a base salary plus commission? And did they not meet those like like goals that you guys set for, for that person? And and like how did that like all yeah. go down? 
Yeah, sure. So just to be fully transparent, we are good at hiring operations and finance people. We are good at sales ourselves. But in terms of hiring salespeople, we are still less experienced in that. And, you know, hence, uh, it didn't really work out the first time. Um, in terms of technicals, yeah, we were paying him a base salary plus a commission of what he closed. Unfortunately, he didn't close anyone, so we only paid him base salary. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's actually a skill set in itself. Hiring salespeople, it's something that we're actively working on uh, improving, and it's, probably, it's our next you know challenge to tackle. Yeah, yeah, good. That's yeah, that's good to know. I mean, like the the reason I'm asking is because like most of our listeners are interested in you know like starting agencies because again, like the appeal is it's something that you can start with pretty much is your dollars, you know, like if you don't really have anything, if you have a skill to, to sell other than actual service, and it's, it's, it's always good to, to, to go the agency route. And then like trying to ask your questions into about scalability and operations and all of that stuff. Um, uh, yeah. We are coming to like the, the end of this um, episode and I would like to, you know, give you guys the floor to, 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 if you have any, any, you know, tips and tricks for anybody who is interested and doing an agency, somebody who wants to scale, what is it that you guys like have in terms of advice? Yeah, I would say on my side, one of the key, key, key things in starting an agency, it comes back to um, having solid sales skills. Um, I think that's one of the primary criteria. Um, and then also just move fast, uh, you know, focus on getting your first clients. This is, you know, advice to a beginner, focus on getting your first clients. And then, you know, focus on, uh, then figure out how you're going to, you know, build the delivery team and deliver well. Um, obviously, you need to have ethics, you know, don't, you know, straight up scam people, of course. Uh, but, you know, there are times where you're going to be, you're going to be talking to a potential lead. They're going to be in certain, you know, let's say niche or vertical where, okay, I don't really have experience in this. Uh, but, you know, you give it your all, you focus on, you know, closing the deal, you be transparent with them and you give it your all to make sure that they get results. Um, don't let um, things like, like, hey, I don't have spe specific experience in this niche. Don't let things like that stop you. You know, focus on sales first, you know, getting uh, that volume of cash flow inside in, in the, you know, in the bank and then and focus on delivery. That will be from my side, uh, Rohan. Yeah, um, the biggest piece of advice that I could give someone is, first of all, the beginners. If you're getting started, just go. Don't try to have everything perfect, optimized, because you're just going to, so, you know, it's paralysis by analysis. You're going to have too much things and the learning curve is very steep at the start. Um, but once you get past that, it's, it's quite easy. So just go, just, you know, you, you want to start an e-com store. Okay. Make the website, just make it bland. It's fine. Just get it done. You want to make an agency, just, you know, get your pitch deck, everything just set. Um, once you start to do it, you will make mistakes. It's normal. Everyone does, but you start to learn from them. And that's the key. You know, it's like, you have to learn from every mistake and find not do it that way again. Um, yeah, in terms of, um, you know, more than that, let me think. Um, yeah, I, I would say like, if you could try and niche down in some area where you're solving a problem that others aren't, that then tends to do very well. So I always reference Elon Musk's quote, which is you get paid in proportion to the level of problem you solve. The bigger the problem, the more you'll get paid. Obviously now you guys have heard about our agency accounts where Facebook, Google, all these platforms are banning people left, right, and center. There's not much solutions out there. So we're solving a huge pain point, a huge problem in the industry. Um, and hopefully we will start to get paid like the big bucks you know, as we scale up. Um, so that's what I would say, whether that's an e-com product, find a problem solving one, because they also tend to do very well on top of funnel cold traffic. Um, you know, if it's an agency, try to find something that others aren't doing well. Everyone's going to be offering the media buying, everything. 
for you know Facebook ads or whatever. Maybe pick a vertical that others aren't or you know niche down in something. So yeah, that's the two best pieces of advice I could give. Okay, thanks so much, guys, for joining us for the Freedom Tribe podcast. If anybody's interested in uh, working with Orange Trail, go to orangetrail.io, O-R-A-N-G-E-T-R-A-I-L.io, book a call with them, and um, hope you get a lot of clients from this. It's a pretty good service. Thanks a lot, guys. Good talking to you. Cheers.